something to say. Hello everybody, how are you doing? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and I'm getting ready for National Novel Writing Month. Yeah, um, maybe we're going to be ready? Uh -huh. Maybe, maybe. Okay, so we've moved to a weekly format until at least December, depending on how, you know, you all like this. And, uh, okay, as of the recording of this episode, um... We, we've had quite a week as a nation. There have been attempted bombings and assassinations of Democratic leaders. I woke up this morning to find out that a uh, old white dude attacked a synagogue in, in Pittsburgh. Because this is America. And I, I, I try not to talk about stuff like this on the podcast. And I kind of got to a point today where I don't know why. I mean, originally it was because, you know, most of what I talk about is, you know, science fiction and fantasy and writing and, you know, strange implications of magic on imagination and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I, I think, I think I'm going to have to say something. And really what it boils down to is we have a major problem with diversity in this country. And if you're not listening to me in the United States, I, I don't know how it is in your country, though from what I see on the news, there are garbage fires raging around the world, so maybe you're having issues in your country too, and hopefully some of what I'm going to say in this episode is going to be helpful. And this isn't really a political message. This isn't a political episode in that yeah, there's an election coming up, and if you're registered, you should vote, because that's how a republic works. And it doesn't work if we don't vote. In fact, the people that are doing this kind of thing are hoping that we don't vote, because that's how they win. They're always the smallest of minorities. And so I wanted to talk about diversity and what that means and what that doesn't mean today. I think when we write our fiction, when we enjoy our media, it's good to expose ourselves to as many frames of reference as possible. I think it helps us to grow. I think it helps us to challenge our own predispositions. It causes us to see the world through other people's perspectives. In fact, that's one of the things that I love about writing and I love about reading is you get to see life through the perspective of people other than you. Sometimes, especially in fantasy and science fiction books and media, in worlds that don't exist and might never be able to exist, but you still get to experience someone else's life. You get to inhabit the headspace of someone other than yourself for even the briefest amount of time. And it's a good thing. I think that that is so helpful to us to allow us to see what life in somebody else's shoes is like. 
we've talked about it before on the show, and if you go back a couple episodes, you'll find the review I did with my husband on this. But when we when we read Sovereign Together by April Daniels, I have been trying to explain what it feels like to be trans for years. And this novel did a better job explaining the what that's like to my husband than I've been able to. See, I don't understand why anyone would not want to experience someone else's experience. I don't understand that. I, I am such a fan of creative works from other countries and other cultures, and it's brilliant to see how they frame the world differently from the way my culture does. It helps me to realize that the things that I take for granted as granted as um, universal sometimes aren't. Sometimes experience changes the way we encounter things, the way we experience the world, the way we relate, not just to one another, but to the world around us. And that's why diversity is so important in our fiction. It's one of the reasons why it's so important to, as a, well, as a creative person, to try to be mindful of who you're including in a story and why. And that their voice in the story is important. And that their perspective in the story, even if the story itself isn't. You know, I, I think what get, gets lost in all of this is we tend to think that if you don't have something profound to say, you shouldn't say it. And I see this a lot when gay or transgender characters, because they're never bi characters, are they? Because, you know, you have to erase that apparently. Yeah, but whenever characters like that, when LGBTQ plus characters are included in a story, if they don't tangibly add something to the story, then they're just being forced into it. No, it's, it's important just to have them there. Because not everything has to be important. Not everything has to matter. I love Charmed, the original Charmed. I haven't checked out the new series yet. I love the original Charmed. Like, irrationally love the original Charmed. It's not a great show. It's not an important show. It's not going to change your life. It's not going to make things better. But I have done, over the years, several full series rewatches because I love that show. I like the trashiness of it. I like the soap opera-ness of it. I love that Pat Benatar shows up out of the blue. Because not everything has to be important. Not everything has to matter so much. But we get ourselves into this loop where people are irate because the leads in the new Star Wars are a woman, a black guy. And I, and I, I can't even wrap my head around the hatred of Rose Tico. Like, I, I just don't understand that at all. But this is a world foreign to me. Because I'm not afraid of other cultures. And that is something that we need to tackle. See, these backlashes against diversity, which I'm thinking a lot about with the attack on the synagogue today, because there's no way you will ever convince me that that's not rooted in some form of anti-Semitism. That, that is such an old poison that the Romans injected into us that we haven't found a way to get out of our system yet. Just because the Flavians 
needed to prove their bona fides so that they could take the emperor's throne in Rome. They needed to make Judea into a great villain so that their conquest would put them on par with the great heroes of Rome. And so the propaganda began. And it hasn't ended to this day. I mean, it's mind-boggling to think that we're coming up on the century mark. Because in 2070, it'll be a century since the... It'll be, sorry, two millennia since the propaganda campaign against the Jews began by the Flavians so that they could be hailed as conquering heroes and then emperors of Rome. And because of this stupid, idiotic need for power, almost 2,000 years ago, we had somebody go into a synagogue and shoot people today in 2018. And the funny thing is, they probably don't even know that. You see, that idiocy that was built into Roman culture way back when married itself to the nascent Christian cultures that spread throughout the empire, and when the empire fell through all the little nations that came out of it. It was a virulent, hateful idea, but it survived. And all these, literally almost 2,000 years later, it's still hurting people. See, I'm often taken to task for saying how powerful stories are and that telling stories is the most important thing that we do with our lives. This is why. Here, like I said, here we are two millennia later, and this stupid lie that was told by a man so that he could become an emperor of a defunct empire is still hurting people all these years later. Try to tell me that stories don't matter when things like that happen and continue to happen. We have one political party and one president in particular who goes on hateful tirades constantly naming people that are evil and dangerous, calling them enemies of the people, leading chants of lock her up and lock him up and all of that. And then everyone on that list gets a bomb sent to their house and they don't stop. Maybe it's a feature, not a bug. I don't know. And I don't really care at this point in time because voices like those those hateful voices, those voices that want to silence diversity, those voices that want to bring us down, that want to tear us apart, that want to divide us. They are the enemy of all that is civil, no matter where they come from, whether they're the little demons in our own ears whispering to us not to like somebody, or they're the voices of a demagogue on a street corner telling us the same. They could be the voice of self-hate deep within us that was beaten into us in school or even younger. The point, my friends, is that those voices are insignificant compared to the sheer number of us. The amazing quality that exists in all people to connect and be strong Look, I, I understand the anger right now, and I'm feeling it too. The anger, and the pain, and the misery. And I've done podcasts before, talking about how we need to be our own light, and how we need to bring the good into the world that we want to see, and how we need to stand up to the darkness. 
But this is something more. This is something different. This is a moment when we need to reach out for one another and hold each other strong. This is a moment where we need to stand up for people who are not like us. People who are different. People who are marginalized. People who are hated for no fault of their own. Because that's the world we live in now. That's really honestly the world we live in now. It's so hard for me to wrap my head around all this. Because not that I thought that we were cured or fixed or had gotten over all of our problems. I have too many friends of too many categories to ever think that, you know, things had gotten better. Well, they'd gotten better, but they hadn't gotten best. They hadn't gotten fixed. And I knew some kind of backlash would happen. You can't win any kinds of victories without it. And so with the election of Barack Obama, the white supremacists begin to rise. With the Obergefell decision, the homophobia joined in. The biggest problem that we have is that anti-Semitism has always been with us, so it just came along for the ride. Now this anti-Latinx thing that's happening, I don't even know how to wrap my head around that, just because it makes no sense. And I think a lot of people, like myself, want it to make sense. And so we look for reasons and we look for excuses. We look for anything that we can wrap our brains around to tell us, oh, that's why this is happening. The problem is all of those excuses are just that. They're excuses. There isn't a reason that this is happening. Yeah, the economy is not great. Hasn't been great for a while. That's a problem with capitalism. That doesn't make you inherently racist, or sexist, or homophobic, or transphobic, or anti-Semitic. Unless you're part of the class that's benefiting from the economy not being great, and you push those messages. See, we can look for boogeymen, and we can look for quote-unquote causal relationships. The problem with all of that is that it doesn't actually take all that much for people to work, to give in to their lesser angels, to give in to their darker selves, because it takes work to do the right thing. It takes work to do the good thing. It takes work to change. It takes work to help others. It takes a certain amount of cognitive prowess to realize that when we help others, we help ourselves. See, the real root cause of all of this isn't anger. It isn't laziness. I'm, I'm sorry, it is laziness. It isn't silence. It isn't us not saying anything. It's just being lazy. To be able to point at somebody else and say, well, you're the cause of all my problems is easy. Because we don't want to take responsibility for our own issues. We don't want to take responsibility for the things in our lives that haven't gone right. That would mean we'd have to do something about it. And so we see the blaming it's not your fault, it's their fault. Hate them, despise them. Oh, isn't that easy? Isn't that good? And in those sweet, seductive scapegoatings, the seeds of violence are sown. You see, we can only be lazy and complacent for so long when we start seeing others as the enemy, when we start seeing others as the villain, when we start seeing others as the ones standing between us and good things. It doesn't take long before some of us snap and violence breaks out, and violence strikes out at the innocent and the unlucky. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing the violence. We're seeing the hatred. We're seeing the mobs. 
of right-wing zealots attacking others. It's easy to get here. It's hard to fight back. It's hard to fight our way out. See, this is the part where I'm supposed to say, here's the simple answer. And I think there is a simple answer, and that's compassion. You learn to see life through other people's shoes, through other people's eyes. You walk a mile in their shoes. I'm mixing my metaphors. But I am really worked up right now, and I'm trying to hold myself together. Because this isn't a laughing matter. This isn't a game. People are getting hurt. We can tell ourselves whatever little stories we want to tell ourselves. We can make up whatever fables and lies we want to exonerate, blame. It doesn't make things better. It only prolongs the suffering. And that's really what we should be about, alleviating this suffering. When I started recording this episode, I didn't know what I was going to say, and I still, to a large degree, don't. And I thoroughly expect this to be one of the lower-rated episodes that I've done, because I've used scary boogeyman words like diversity. But it's important. This is all so important. The world that we live in is obviously interconnected. We can't do anything without the help of others. Everything is intertwined now. And in in honesty, it's always been that way. But the modern world has made it even more obvious. And the problem is, there is this lie in the heart of Western civilization that says that we are mountains free and standing. We are islands to ourselves. That people can lift themselves up by their own bootstraps. Because we forgot where that phrase came from. See, the phrase, lift yourself up by your own bootstraps, was meant as a criticism of this idea. Not as something people are honestly expected to do. Because it's cartoonish and ridiculous. Put on a pair of boots, grab them, and try to lift yourself into the air. You can't do it. That's not how reality works. And that's what that phrase was meant to say. You have to help other people. Because when we help others, we help ourselves. The more connected we get, the more we care about communities and people other than ourselves and other than our own, the better the whole world gets. And of course there's going to be a backlash. Of course there's going to be voices out there saying that we should tear each other apart and that we should hate. We should do everything in our power to keep from uniting and coming together. Because do you know what the powers that be fear more than anything? That's the powerless standing together arm in arm. I mean, really, this is one of those situations where everything you need to know in life you can learn from the Grinch. Because what actually breaks him is the fact that people weren't invested in the materiality of Christmas. It was the community that mattered. And even after he stole everything, they still got together and they sang. Because they were still together. And that's what changed the Grinch. And I'm not saying that we can change every one of these people, but when we stand arm in arm and hand to hand, it empowers us. When we look at anyone else and say, oh, but you're other. No, 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 no. That, that is the opposite of what we are here for. That is the opposite of our own national motto. E pluribus unum, from many, one. From many, many. Pluribus. You might know that. It comes into English as plural. You know, 
that thing that happens when you put an S on the end of words. We have to stand together, and we have to do it now more than ever before, because the backlash against our growth as a society, the backlash against community, is growing stronger and stronger. But it doesn't have to win. And if we unite ourselves, if we stand together with our sisters and brothers around the world and from house to house and street to street, if we stand together arm in arm and hand in hand, we will be victorious. And I'm not just saying that because I want it to be true. I'm saying that because it is true. They may not have gotten everything that they wanted, but the civil rights movement did do a lot. The women's liberation movement may not have gotten everything that it wanted, but they did get a lot. The gay liberation movement may not have gotten, gotten everything that it wanted, but it has gotten a lot. Now imagine if arm in arm and hand in hand all of us came together, whether you're straight, gay, trans, bi, intersex, questioning, queer, white, black, any color under the sun, all classes from the richest to the poorest. If we all came together, what could stand in our way? What could stop us? Nothing. If we always acted, or at least strived to act, with the best for the community at mind, what could stop us? Nothing. See, the reason they divide, the reason they attack, the reason they drive their car into protesters and kill them, the reason they fire their guns and send their bombs is because their message is inherently empty. Hate is a fire that consumes its host. Eventually, it breaks them down and ends them. And as much as they want it to spread, it's a hard message to spread because you have to find somebody who's afraid and alone and feeling powerless. So how do you get your message to spread? You make people afraid and feel alone, and feel powerless. And then that hate can spread, that hate can grow, which is why we cannot allow that to happen. We are strong, we are powerful, we are brave. We can do anything together, no matter what our goals. Think about it, we, we set a goal to send somebody to the moon, and did it, even though that was a nearly impossible task. We not only had to invent new rockets and new technology, we had to invent entirely new math to figure out how to do this, how to send people up and bring people back down, how to get them to orbit the moon. We had to figure out so much to get there, and it took so many people to get us there. But we set our mind to a thing, and when we set our mind to a thing, nothing can stop us. When Kennedy said that we were going to send a man to the moon before the end of the decade. That was an insane statement. There was nothing rational about it. The idea that it could happen was laughable. But it did. It happened. And we got to look back at that fragile blue orb in the sky over the moon and see what we are for the first time. One world, no borders, nothing between us. One fragile little blue speck in the sky alone in the darkness having only each other to hold on to having only each other to stand with and of course that too engendered a backlash and that's the backlash that we're dealing with to this day because everything that you see now had an origin it had a point of 
beginning. Civil rights movement spawned a backlash. The gay rights movement spawned a backlash. The women's liberation movement spawned a backlash. And they all came together in a perfect storm and elected a president with the help of outside powers. And so here we are now in a country where bombs are being shipped through the mail. Our president doesn't take it seriously. We have at least one major cable news channel thinking it's a joke. It's not a joke, Tucker. It's not something to laugh at. And so the false dichotomies start coming out. So you're saying that we can't criticize other people. No, you can criticize all you want. I've criticized quite a few people in this episode alone, but you don't vilify them. See, I think Tucker Carlson is wrong about a lot of things, but that's because we share a basic fundamental difference in the way we see the world. He sees the world as a place that should be a utopia for white people. He may not understand that, and he may not think that he believes that, but when you actually listen to him, he accidentally, or on purpose, says a lot of things that have white supremacist overtone. It's not his fault. He grew up in a conservative culture that was fed with those dog whistles, and now they're kind of turning into bullhorns. I don't think that he's a bad person. I think he's a person that could be better. I think that he's a person that we could have discussions, honest discussions about various topics, if that's what was important. But see, what's important in our modern world isn't the discussion. It isn't actually making things better. It's the ratings. How many likes did you get on Facebook? How many hearts did you get on Twitter? How many reshares? How many retweets? How many times did people talk about you? How many mentions? Did you see your analytics? What were your ratings like? Oh, see, if you want good ratings, you just say something controversial and people will check you out just to hate watch you. Ah, there you go. That's the secret to good ratings. Not to an honest dialogue and not to a better world. But when I am living in a solipsistic society where all we do is navel gaze and look at ourselves and wonder how many likes we can get and how many retweets we can get, yeah, it makes sense for me to be as controversial as I can possibly be because that's what gets the likes, that's what gets the retweets, that's what spreads the word. And so why wouldn't I do that? You see, there's a market incentive to do this. There's this crazy idea that markets are amoral. They are not. Markets are always immoral, whether we want to admit it or not. You see, the lowest common denominator is always what sells, at least sells the most. So if you want to be a top seller, oh, it's easy. You just appeal to the lowest common denominator. If I can get you to hate others and other people to hate me for what I'm saying, oh, that's easy. And now that I've got this self perpetuating machine up and running, I just let it run. See, I say something controversial, something that offends people. People get offended and say things that are controversial that offend me, and then I react to their offense by getting even more offensive. And back and forth and back and forth, we play the devil's tennis. Back and forth, back and forth. We get the ratings, some get the money. And it doesn't matter how it actually affects people. Because why would we care? We're making money. We're getting ratings. We're getting fame. So we keep going back and forth and back and forth. See, I don't blame the people who've gotten trapped in this cycle. I don't blame the people that have been victimized by it and made to hate others because they think honest debates were happening. I get mad at the system that perpetuates this and says, you know, 
Maybe we should reward the most controversial things ever. Maybe we should encourage people to be as divisive and vile and angry as they can possibly be. And doesn't try to encourage people to do better and work for better. See, any time you have a system that can devolve to the lowest common denominator, it will get there. It'll always get there. Because everything flows downstream. It's the basic entropy of the universe. Everything falls apart. And the only way things don't fall apart is when we work hard to keep them together. See, that's what really drives me nuts about all of this, is I do see solutions, but they're not solutions that you can just prescribe. You know, I can't just say, well, if only we would X, Y, Z, if only we would do this or do that or this other thing, then everything would be better. I'd get better ratings if I did that, because those solutions that I came up with would be flawed, and because they would be flawed, they would enrage some people. And oh, the rage, and the dumpster fire begins, and everybody stands around to watch the dumpster fire burn. Yeah. And that's how we got to where we are. I do think that there's a way out, and I think that we can all join together and help each other work our way out of this. I do think that there is a bright future for us. We just have to work for it. You have to be not afraid to stand up against the bullies and against the tyrants and against the people who would say that we should be divided and remind them that we are one people of one blood. We are human. Nothing else can divide us. And it takes a certain kind of character to get there. And until then, we have to keep doing the things that we do. We have to keep helping others. We have to keep reaching out. We have to be ourselves. Don't let this lunacy, this idiocy change us. Don't let this craziness make us into people other than what we are. We are fundamentally good people with a fundamentally good heart. And I don't mean that just for my country. I mean that for most people that I've met from around the world. We can get through this. We can be stronger. I know we can. I hope this episode was helpful. I really do. It's something that I had to record. It's something that I had to say. I mean, I just couldn't be silent with all this crazy going on. I had to find a way to speak out, speak my truth. And hopefully it helped. If nothing else, I hope it gave you some catharsis. Maybe it made you feel a little bit better. If it did, and the app that you're listening to me on lets you like, or, you know, that thing I was talking about earlier. If you can give me a rating, that really does help. That tells the algorithms to share me to others. If you know somebody that you think would benefit from this or any of the other episodes that I do, please share the podcast. That helps it to grow. If you got a buck you can throw my way, that would be greatly appreciated. Depending on the app that you're listening to me on, there will either be a support or support on Anchor button, or if not, if you go to the show notes, There'll be a support on Anchor link you can click. You can support me at the $1, $5, or $10 levels. It really does help out a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. If you'd like to leave me a message, please keep it clean. You can go to anchor.fm and download the Anchor app, with which you can follow me, Project Shadow, and you can leave me up to a one-minute voicemail. And if it's good, I'll use it on the show. You can be a question, a comment, or a suggestion for an episode. I'd really love to hear from you all. Yeah, this is... This is what frustration sounds Since we're only doing one episode a week, I, I hope you enjoyed this one. I will say, especially with uh, National Novel Writing Month starting on Thursday, I believe, I may do some bonus episodes where 
we'll talk about things that are happening because I think that could be fun, but I wanted to guarantee at least one episode a week. So here you go. Love each other. Hold on to one another and we'll get through. Until next time, don't forget to have the f- Bye.